0: We do want to look at Ephesians chapter 2 once again. Just pick up where we left off this morning because this whole chapter 2 in Ephesians is really running together. Uh, Earlier part of chapter 2 talks about it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so then this morning we looked at the remembering where we came from and where we are and where we are going. And so God wants us to always remember, we don't want to go back the way we were. We want to make sure we moved up beyond the past where we were before we got saved and have come into the kingdom of God. And we're just moving forward. We're not looking back. And so tonight we just pick up where we left off. We're in verse 14 because Jesus is our peace. And we're looking at peace on Sunday nights. Are you living a life of peace? Or is your life falling to pieces, as we've been asking since January? And so we look tonight that Jesus is our peace. Ephesians 2.14, the Bible says, For he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Now he's picking up, in particular for the readers of their day and time, between the Jews and the Gentiles. But it applies to us today as saved people and lost people and saved people and saved people that God brings two people together and makes them one, not because of something we do or something we say or uh, things we learn, but only through Jesus. Jesus brings people together. And so He is our peace, and we need to make sure we're understanding the word peace. Peace simply means a freedom from rage and the chaos of war, Uh, not necessarily meaning that there's a battlefield going on out there in a battle somewhere uh, with guns and knives and everything or cannons and all that, but right in our own life, right in our own heart. We can have the biggest battle going on right here in our own lives because of what's going on within us, the rage and the chaos of the war within us. We can be at rage. We can be at war within ourselves. And so we need peace from that. Peace also means harmony. Peace means security. Peace means safety and contentment. Peace means to be settled down in our heart. We're now settled down in our heart is what peace. We just get to that point in our life through Jesus filling us with the Holy Spirit that we have settled down in our heart. We're at peace with whatever happens, whatever goes on, and whatever takes place in our life. We're settled down. We're at peace with that because we've got harmony, security, and safety, and contentment, not in this world, but in Jesus. And only through Jesus can we have all of that. Uh, Relationship that Jesus gives us personal peace and peace between us and other followers of Jesus. When people are following Jesus, we can have peace with one another. It's when people aren't following Jesus that we can't have peace with them. We've looked at the triangle many times in various settings, and so I want to just pull it up tonight and look at it once again. You that, uh, We fill in our name with you, you know, and, and so people, a person, put in somebody else's name there. Now, let's kind of set this up a little bit. If you have peace with Christ, you have security and content with Jesus, your freedom from rage and chaos of war, you've got harmony with Him, you're content with Him, Jesus is settled down in your heart and you're moving up that triangle going toward Jesus in a relationship with him that's growing and maturing every single day and you're getting closer and more like Jesus all the time and then that other people, that other person, that other person that you can think of a name over there that you have some kind of relationship with, spouse, cousin, aunt, uncle, mom, dad, brother, sister, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it may be, there's that other person on the other side of the triangle that you got a relationship with. If they're at peace with God and they are content with Him, they have a Holy Spirit, they have the Holy Spirit living in them and settle down in them, and they're moving toward Jesus too. What happens to those two people? You see on the triangle, they get closer together, don't they? It just happens. It's not anything they're doing, it's not anything that's happening between the two of them. It's that they're going toward Jesus, and he's the one who's making it happen. And so as they get closer to him, they get closer to each other. That's you and anybody else you want to put on there. Now, on the other hand, you're going toward Jesus. You're right with the Lord. You have peace with him. He's settled down in your heart. You're content with him, have security with him, and you're going toward him. You're becoming more like him every day, taking on the traits and the characteristics of Jesus all the time. But that other person is staying right where they are. What happens to you and that other person then? Distance, Getting further apart, aren't you? Not anything y'all did. Not anything the other person did or you did in the relationship. It just happens that way. Somebody is staying right where they are spiritually, and you're moving closer to Christ. You're going to grow apart in that relationship. Somebody's going to get left behind. And so you're going to have more contentment, more uh, of the Holy Spirit settling down within you to where you're just calm and you're getting through life feeling secure and safety and you're content with Jesus and yourself, but the other person is not. They're not growing. They're not maturing. The distance is growing between you. Now, let's take it one step further. If you're going toward Jesus and the other person is going away from Jesus, moving further away from him, you also know what happens in that relationship. It goes further and further apart to where one day they're gone. They're not a part of your life anymore. You didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. It's just that neither one or, or the other one didn't grow closer to Jesus like you did and the the relationship gets strained. The relationship gets pulled apart. Jesus is the central por- portion of the relationship that brings people together, causing the peace, bringing it to us in our own self and our relationship with him, but also in a relationship. And so I hope we see that. I hope we understand that. That Jesus, when Jesus is our peace, He breaks down barriers between us and other people. When He is their peace, our peace, and their other person's peace. So, if we got a barrier between us and another other person, and we're trying to figure out how do we get past this thing going on in our life, there's just something between us. We've got something going on here. This barrier. We can't seem to break through. We can't seem to get any closer. We can't seem to get rid of this thing going on in our life. There's just something happening between us, whoever us are. What are we going to do about it? Oh, I know. <laughs> when Jesus breaks down the barriers between us and another the person, then we have that peace. We get closer together. But it's got to be Jesus doing it. Because we've tried before, haven't we? We've tried to say to that person, you know, something's got to give, something's got to get better here, something needs to stop, something needs to start, we, you know, something's going on between us, I don't know what it is, but I have figured it out, and, and we need to work on this. And it's not happening, it's not, nothing's going on. Why? Because they're not doing the same thing. They're not going toward Jesus in the triangle like you are, and so relationship, relationships getting further apart. So the only way it's going to work is for us to have peace, and the other person to have peace, then God breaks down the barriers to where we can come together and be one in Christ. That's the only way it's going to work. And too many times we try to go about this thing backwards of making relationships better. We say, I'm going to work it out with you. I'm going to fix this relationship. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to do what I can to fix it. I'm going, you know, me, Mr. Fix-It or Mrs. Fix-It or whoever it may be, you know, we fix things, don't we? And we can fix that relationship, can't we? that broken relationship where we're going to have a dividing wall between us and other people. You've done it a lot of times, haven't you? Right. Fix those relationships. And they're so much better today, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they're all at peace. I mean, everybody's just getting along, and, and, and you're both up there at the top of that triangle because you worked it out, didn't you? No sir. <laughs> no, sir. It's right. It doesn't happen that way, does it? Only Jesus can do it. We can't. And so what we have to do is go toward Jesus regardless of what the other person does. If they want to go toward Jesus and work that out between us, Jesus will do it. But they've got to be the one that goes toward Him. And when they do and when we do, He, Jesus, breaks down the barriers between us and other people. He solves it. He works it out. So do, are we, do we get this or are we good here? So let's start back over. 2.14. He Himself is our peace, Jesus. He's made the two... One has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. How? By abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man, one new person out of two, thus making peace. Jesus said, I don't want to just fix you as an individual. I don't want to make you whole and give you peace. I want to bring it between you and somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. He said, I can reconcile the whole world to myself, but it's got to be through Jesus. But it starts with us and one other person. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which, which he put to death, their hostility. Jesus puts to death our hostility between us and somebody else. We don't do it. We didn't do it. The other person didn't do it. Jesus does it. It's all got to be made right at the cross. How does this work? Well, the law, that is God's law, the Mosaic law, the Hebrew law, uh, the Levitical law, however you want to refer to it, God's law was not a dividing wall between Jew and Gentile. Let's get back to what he originally he was talking about, Jew and Gentile, but we bring it to ourselves too. But it was the cause of division. See, the, the word, God's word, isn't the dividing wall between us and people, but it causes us to be divided between people. If you follow, going back to the triangle again, if you're following God's word, you're going toward Jesus, you're listening to Him, being obedient to Him, living for Him, living life His way, not your way, in all areas of your life. And that other person over there on the other side of the triangle says, no, doesn't apply to me. I'm not going to do that. We didn't cause the division there. The Word did. The Word caused the division because that other person is saying, I'm not going to do what God wants me to do. I'm not going to listen to Jesus. I'm not going to follow His ways, His will, His Word. And so therefore, there's the cause of the relationship being broken and divided because of what Jesus does. Not what we do, but what Jesus does in us and through us. We're going toward Him. Jesus abolished the division to bring peace. He says, the only way we're going to get this division out of the way, this hostility out of the way, is for me to bring peace to you and the other person at the same time, and then we can break it all down. But if that's not going to be the case in the other person, there's going to be a dividing wall there. There's going to be hostility there. Somebody's going to get left behind, because God's Word continues to cause division among people today. You've seen it, probably in your own life. After you got saved, and since you've been saved, and since you've been growing and become more like Jesus, you've seen some people that just drop back away from you and they're not as close to you anymore. Why don't they text me anymore? Why don't they call me anymore? Why don't they come over anymore? Why don't I have dinner with them anymore? What's happened to them? What happened to our relationship? Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't do the things I used to do. I don't go where I used to go. I don't act like I used to act. I don't talk like I used to talk. They still do, so because I'm different than them, they don't want to be around me. It wasn't anything we did. It was anything we set out to do, but it's what happened between two people that God's causing the division among people today because of growing in Him. Somebody's going toward Him in the triangle, and somebody's lagging behind, and so the two can't have become one because there's division and hostility there. But watch this. Matthew ten thirty four. Jesus said It's in red letters, so you know Jesus said it. He said, do not suppose, do not think, I've come to bring peace on the, to the earth. Say, so wait a minute, we're talking about peace right here in Ephesians. He's contradicting himself, isn't he? He said, I didn't come to bring peace to the earth. I came to bring peace on the earth to people. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. He said, I came to be a divider. Well, how's that work, Jesus. Well, for I've come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies be members of his own household. So wait a minute, Jesus, hold on. We're going to read about you bringing peace to a relationship in Ephesians, but in Matthew, in your own words, you say you want to bring a man against his own father? You want a man to be angry at his own father and divide himself against... You want a daughter to be divided among between her and her mother? You want a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and... You want somebody's enemies to be in your own household? You really want that, Jesus? He says, it's not what I want, but it's what I bring. Because if two people aren't both going toward Jesus, there's going to be hostility. There's going to be division. And so it's going to happen, yes, starting in a family. You've seen it happen, haven't you? You've probably seen it in your own family. You serve God, you go to church, you read your Bible, you pray, you follow Jesus, you live life His way, not your way, and live God's way and not the world's way, and, and you take His principles and His values and His characteristics and you bring it into your life and you apply the Word to your life and you, you just live by the, the Word. And of the person in your own family says, I don't do that. I don't live like that. There's going to be division there, you see. It's going to happen. We didn't want it, we didn't cause it, but Jesus did. Because said, if you're going to follow me, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You mean I gotta put God ahead of my daddy? <laughs> and I gotta put God ahead of my mother and ahead of my son or my daughter. I gotta put God first ahead of them. Yes, we do. Because if we don't, we're going against what Jesus said. When we put children our own children ahead of what God wants. God says, you're not worthy of me because you're putting them first. And God said, you're putting me second or third or somewhere else. It has to be God first and everything else second. It's a matter of priorities. And we've talked about priorities many times. Our number one priority in life should be our relationship with God. Our number two priority if we're married is our relationship with our spouse. Number three priority if we have children is our children. But we see so many times children jump up in here, don't they, and become number one or at least number two. And then that spouse, spouse gets dropped back somewhere down the road. <laughs> and then one day all the children are gone. You know, all those great, wonderful little children we spent all that time with going to ball games and cheerleading practice in school and dances and all those things and, you know, raising them up and caring about them and seeing their needs and now they're grown. Where are they? Oh, living in California or Alaska or New York City or somewhere. Where's mom and dad? Oh, we're still sitting in the house. And now mom and dad are saying, now what's your name again? <laughs> we got married about 25 years ago and we brought children into this world and we spent all of our time and all of our money on them. And I remember you from somewhere, I think maybe on our wedding day, but everything went into our children. Now they're gone. Now what do we have left now? (laughs) Oh yeah, not much, because we gave everything to our children at our expense. And God says, "Yeah, I know." (laughs) Where was I through all that? God says, "Oh, that's right. I was about third or fourth down here somewhere." You'd bring me in every now and then when that child got real, real sick, and you you wanted somebody to you know do something for that child or uh, you know these kind of things, but. Other than that, where was I? So anyone who does not take up his cross to follow me is not worthy of me. And whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So he said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to bring a sword on earth because it's going to divide people. He says, my word becomes a sword. Isn't it amazing how God's word can be very comforting to us? You can just read God's word sometimes and just, "Why, thank you, Lord, for doing that. You're going to think this is going to sound odd or unusual or something. You're going to laugh for a minute. But hold on. Let me finish the statement. Every night when Cheryl and I get in bed, you know what she does? Gets out three devotionals and reads them to me. Not one, not two, but three. And, and I don't know if she thinks I don't read a devotional. She, Yeah, she thinks I need them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After we've been together all day, she says, I need another one now. I need four, not three. (laughs) But she gets one devotional. I mean, right there by the bed. She gets the first one out, reads it. And sometimes we discuss it because I'm not sure. She's not sure. We discuss it. Lays that one down, gets the second one, reads that. Lays that one down, gets the third one. And so what's that doing? It's bringing peace. What's it doing? You know? Making two one. And so, if we are doing what God wants to do, we're, we're being obedient to Him, listening to Him, instead of things of the world and the world in which we live, then what does that do to two people? Both of them going toward Christ. And so, there we are with Jesus. Whoever finds life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake is going to find it. Going back to Ephesians 2, let's, let's start back over. Verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, destroyed the barrier of dividing wall of hostility. That's what God does between people through Jesus. By abolishing in the flesh the law with his commandments and regulations, here's what I have to do, I'm supposed to do, can't do, will do. His purpose was to create in himself one new man, one new person, out of two, thus making peace. And in this one body, the two becoming one, to reconcile both two of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Now they're not hostile toward one another because they're one. He became, he came and preached peace to you who were far away, spiritually speaking, and peace to those who were near. Because as I've told you before, I went one night into a church there in Rustum before I was saved, knowing that something's going on, something's dealing in my life, and I don't know what it is, so maybe I can find it at the church and went into the church late at night, it's dark, cars passing by, sit down in there, most fearful time I've ever had. It was not peaceful to me sitting in that church by myself way up in the night in the dark. There was no peace there in my life. And so it wasn't comforting. It wasn't, boy, this is a great place to stay. I think I'll just hang out here a couple hours. It wasn't. I got up in that and got out of there quick because it was scary. And so he came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who were near. And so for those who are far away, Jesus says, I need to bring you near. But there are some people that go into a church late at night, sit there, and find very much comfort. Hey, this is peaceful here. I like this. I'm going to camp out here a couple hours. Well, he said, I came to preach to both of you because some of you are way out there, way away from me. Some of you are very near. I want to preach to both of you. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So the person that's far away from Jesus and the person that's real close to getting saved, we can become one. We both have access to the Father by one spirit. We all get saved the same way, (laughs) through Jesus. No other way. So all people have access to peace from Jesus. The question is, do we want it? say, well, of course I do. (laughs) Who wouldn't want peace in their life? Um, You want a list? (laughs) You know, we come across people, you and I, or I do anyway, maybe you don't. Come across people all the time that they're fine where they are. They're mad at everybody. They're hostile. They're they're just waiting for somebody to, you know, do something to kick them into high gear, and here they go. And there's no peace in their heart, no peace in their life, and therefore there's no peace with you or anybody around them. And uh, you can ask them, "Do you want peace?" What are you talking about? You know, they get fired up and mad about it. <laughs> Well, you can have peace in your life, but here's how you're going to have to get it. It's through Jesus. And some people would literally say, I don't want it then, because then I've got to give up (laughs) what I want to do. And so it only comes through that relationship with Jesus, do we want it? And so here's the, the bottom line, the final part of what we do tonight. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, you live at peace with everyone. The triangle says, okay, let's take Romans 12 in there. As far as it depends on you, so there you are, your name, my name, right there. You're going toward Jesus. You're hearing from Him, listening to Him, doing what He wants you to do, living life for Him, being obedient to His Word. And there's that other person over there, whoever that may be, on the other side of the triangle. And they want to stay right where they are. They want to don't want to grow. They don't want to get closer to Jesus. So As a result, they're not going to get closer to you. In fact, they may go the other way. And so here's the verse that says, if it is possible. You know, sometimes it's just not possible. It's just not. Why? Because they're staying right where they are. You're going to Jesus, but they're staying right there or they're going the other way. So that's why Romans and Paul puts that in there. If it is possible. As far as it depends on you, what? Live at peace with everyone. You're going to say in your life, I'm going to do my part to live at peace with you, whoever you is, or you are. (laughs) And so I'm just going to do my part. But there's that other person. I'm not going to do anything. You want this thing to work out? You're going to have to work it out. I'm not getting closer to Jesus. I'm not going toward Him. And I'm not going to listen to His word. I'm not, you know, all that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So if it is possible... Because it may not be. You're going to do your part to go to Jesus, but they may not be. won't be any peace there. But if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, you live at peace with them. So then, if there's a problem between you and that other person, they're the ones with the problem, not you. Because you're going to do your part, <laughs> as far as it depends on you, you're going to do your part to live at peace with them. If there's not a peaceful relationship there, you did all you could. That's why that first part is in there, if it is possible. Sometimes it's just not possible because of that triangle. They're not willing to move any closer to Jesus than they are right now. Therefore, there's nothing you can do to make it any better. Except maybe one thing to pray for them. Not to pray, Lord. I sure I want our relationship to get better. God, is there anything else I can do? I've tried a hundred and two different things so far. Is there a hundred and three things I can do to make it any better? And He speaks very softly and gently to us. Says, "No, you've tried a hundred and two too many times. Quit, stop, don't, and let me change them." Oh. Okay, God, <laughs> I should have had a V8, you know. <laughs> You're right, God. I, I've tried 102 too many times. I'm going to let you. I'm just going to walk toward you, go toward you. I'm going to do my part to make this relationship better. And if it is possible, I'm going to live at peace with them. If there's no peace there, I've done my part. And I'm going to let you do your part, God. And you talk to that people and you deal with them. And I'm going towards you. And so there's prayer. Prayer changes everything, doesn't it?